Welcome to the Inside Scoop, everything you need to know for your student to succeed in the Cobb County School District. I'm David Owen. Be sure to spread the word that this podcast can be found on your favorite podcast platform simply by searching the Inside Scoop and Cobb County. Cobb has more than 112 school buildings and each with dozens or even hundreds of classrooms, common areas and other rooms. Each classroom of course is equipped with the basics like heating, air conditioning and lighting as well as other infrastructure to support the high level of learning for which Cobb is known. We've heard the phrase it takes a village, right? Well, for a school district the size of Cobb's is more like a small army an army of people to keep the students' environment clean and comfortable so that they can learn. Today, I'm joined by Mr. Gene Troll, the general, I'm sorry, I should say the executive director. General, did you get that? Yeah. The army thing? <laughs> okay. The Gene Troll, the executive director of maintenance and operations. Welcome to the podcast, Gene. Thanks, David. And especially <laughs> thanks for staying, uh, even though I gave you that introduction. Now, I said 112 school buildings, but that's not the the whole story. There are more buildings than just the school buildings, right? Yes, sir. We have about 100 and right at 122 locations, once you include all the administrative areas and special needs centers. Okay, so that'd be uh, like support centers for uh, for the schools, like including maintenance, the right. maintenance building, yes, sir. and uh, the data center where the computer people do their thing, and all these other buildings. That yes, we have, uh, we have 18 million square feet of heated airspace in the district. Good. Gosh, 18 million square feet. Okay, so how many workers, how many, uh, how many are in your army? <laughs> uh, we have 145 technicians and or helpers that leave two locations every morning uh-huh. and go out to the schools and uh, answer requests from schools and just general maintenance uh, that they come across every day when they're out there. Uh, if you include our administrative staff, we've got a, we've got a, uh, a staff of about 160 people. Okay. Now, does that include custodians in the school? No, sir. Uh, we have 586 custodians throughout the school that we manage also. Good grief. That, that's, uh, that, that's staggering. I mean, I can't even wrap my head around all the, first of all, all the square footage, but then the challenge of the army of people it takes to take care of all that. Yes, sir. We have a great staff. Um, we kind of sit back every day and go, yeah, we don't know how we get it done with as few people as we have. Yeah. But we get it done every single day and, uh, and manage to keep the schools and everything in a safe, clean environment for our students. Okay. So going back, I, I kind of uh, alluded to this, but what kind of services are we talking about? Uh, we have general? pretty much everything you can imagine that it would take to maintain a building. Uh, we have uh, HVAC, heating and air conditioning, mm-hmm. electricians. We have carpenters, which include locks, windows, doors. Uh, we have plumbers, which include anything that has water or gas running to it. And anything involving students requires a yes, lot of plumbers. Yes, sure. uh, We have an indoor air quality team that goes and, and takes care of any kind of indoor air quality issues that a school may come up with. Uh-huh. Uh, we have an outdoor quality uh, team that takes care of the front of the buildings, uh, like pressure washing, small painting oh, jobs. Okay. Um, just making sure the front of our buildings look as nice as they can possibly look. Yeah. We get requests from the schools all the time to come and do some painting jobs and some pressure washing. Yeah. Uh, based on, uh, you know, the type of structures and things they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have roofers that maintain all of our roofs. Uh, we have uh, the glazers. I mentioned those under carpenters. We have a full-time filter crew that changes out over 26,000 filters every 14 weeks. We have a grounds crew that maintains 3,200 acres 
of mowable, maintaining grounds yeah, throughout the district. Keeping the things looking nice for yes. you know, to be a good neighbor. Right. Well, uh, that's that's all just so incredibly impressive. I'm thinking, first of all, that you were talking about HVAC filters. That reminds me I need to change mine. Let me jot that down for my... <laughs> um, all right, so we are teaching a bunch of kids in these buildings. How do you guys get it done? When do you get it done? Well, we do everything we can during the day, uh, especially uh-huh. emergency calls. Um, yeah. A request from a school can come in in two different directions. Uh, it can come in online mm-hmm. to our office, which is considered a non-emergency. Okay. So every school has staff that can get online and enter a work order. For stuff like painting? or Yeah, uh, yeah just, just yeah. general maintenance stuff. Yeah. Uh, then we have emergency calls. So if a school calls in with an emergency, you know, running water they can't shut off, uh, gas odors, uh, smoke smell, mm. anything of that nature, then we dispatch using our GPS system, the closest technician to that site. And whoever's closest is the first one to respond to try to take care of the emergencies. Okay. I assume they assess at that point uh, yes. whether it's a hazard? Right. And we leave it up to local schools to decide whether to evacuate a building Yeah. because we're not on site. Yeah. So that's the principal's call. Uh, if it's a gas smell or burning odor, of course, they normally call 911. The fire department comes out and they evacuate the building. Right. We get there as quick as possible to find out where the odors, the burning odors or the gas smell may be coming from. Uh-huh. So you really are an army uh, backing up the, uh, the, the head of the school, the principal in this case. So these uh, things that you said are, are done in the, the day hours are one thing, but do you have a, like crews that go out at night and get the painting done, that, as you were talking about? And yes, we do. Like we have a full-time crew that works. We call them our PM crews, uh-huh. preventive maintenance. Oh, uh, that's a they, nice yeah, coincidence. They, they start at 2.30 in the afternoons, okay. and they leave at 11 p.m., mm-hmm. And they handle uh, light changes, ballast, parking lot lights, uh, small painting jobs, mm-hmm. flooring, uh, whether it's carpet or tile, things that we can't do when the students and staff are in the buildings during the daytime. Yeah. They take care of all those little projects and things at night. Plus, they handle any kind of emergency that comes up after we leave at three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoons. The supervisor there uh, that runs the night crew, uh-huh. he handles pretty much everything. If he needs assistance, he'll call us. We'll bring in other crews, like if there's a flood or fire or something like that after hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll bring in guys, call them in. Call in the uh, the big big guns, the forces. We do, that, yeah. We'll yeah. call everybody back in for the evening and uh, make sure that we're ready to have school the next morning. You know, we are, as we're recording this, we're, we're, uh, we're looking at a, uh, a questionable weather forecast. Yes, and sir. And I, I didn't give you the heads up on this. But That's all right. <laughs> you, no, we're, we're you aware of it. You know your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, what happens in the maintenance department when we have a forecast of freezing weather or possibly pre- precipitation coming mm-hmm. our way? Well, when the superintendent uh, cancels school for inclement weather, uh-huh. whether it's ice, snow, high winds, uh-huh. um, anything of that nature, or if the governor calls for a state of emergency, the maintenance crews are the only ones that show up to go to work. Everybody else stays home, stays nice and warm, and uh, our guys come in, and uh, we go and survey every single site in the district. Uh And like if it's icing or snowing, we clear sidewalks, we clear bus lanes, uh, we check the heat in the buildings to make sure we've got heat. So depending on how many days that is, we check these buildings every single day that the staff and students are out of of the buildings, Uh and we make sure that everything is ready to go. So that when the time comes and the superintendent says we're ready to go back to school, uh-huh. 
we've had everything ready to go, and we know that the classrooms and things are ready to ready to teach kids for the next day. So, and this isn't a winter weather podcast. Uh, maybe we need to do one separately. <laughs> but uh, when there's a forecast, let's say the night before, and uh, the superintendent's trying to make that call, mm-hmm. as I think he. He says uh, five o'clock in the morning is right. kind of his own deadline. Right. How do you guys support him and and getting the information that he's going to need to make that call? We stay in touch with him through the ops director, okay. who is Mark Smith, uh-huh. and then Mark communicates with myself and Rick Grisham at transportation, mm-hmm. so that we know whether we're going to have school or not for the next morning. Yeah. And uh, if if road conditions or wind conditions are such that you can't put buses on the on the on the uh, the roads uh-huh. and pick students up. The next morning, our guys know that if they can safely get to our maintenance facilities, mm-hmm. they come in. And then once they're there, we decide how many how many staff we've got for the day. Uh-huh. We divide all the schools up, and we go out and check every single site and location for that day. Just to make sure it's a safe location yes, for sir. the parents and right. students to show up. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, it sounds to me like you guys... Uh, kind of get a raw deal but it's a necessary situation <laughs> and we really appreciate you doing that because yeah. when they say uh students and staff stay home that does not include your guys no, sir. right it you does guys not. are out there no matter what yep and um, of course we tell them if they can safely get to the office mm-hmm. uh, once they get here we've got four-wheel drives and all-wheel drive vehicles mm-hmm. so we don't want anybody on the road and possibly have an accident or whatever. Yeah. So we leave it up to the employee to decide if they can safely get here or not. Right. And if they do, then we put everybody to work as soon as they get here. Okay. And and the ones who get here take care of what's going on in the schools and the ones who can't make it. They, they stay home, stay nice and warm. Yeah. That, <laughs> and, and probably get talked about by the other yeah, guys exactly. who came in. Yeah. Right? We usually have a pretty good crowd that shows up, though. Yeah. We got uh, committed employees, I feel. We do. We do. We really got do. a great group of guys and ladies. So a lot of what you've mentioned, particularly when you're talking about lighting and uh, heating and air conditioning, that sort of thing, I'm thinking about that once-a-month terror that I face when I go to the mailbox and the, the uh, utility costs that I think I've told you uh, offline that I'm, I bought a house that's a sieve <laughs> uh, energy-wise. I need to take care of that. But the schools have a huge potential for either being that sieve like my house, or uh, being a, an efficient situation. Uh, how do you guys deal with that end of things? Whenever we renovate a school or build a new school, uh-huh. uh, our crews always look at the most efficient equipment that can go in that building, whether okay. it's lighting, heating, and air. And your, your heating and air and electrical is your, your big money grabber at every site throughout the district. Yeah. We average around $16, $17 million a year just for electricity. And uh, we do everything we can. That number used to be up around 21, 22 million. So over the years, we've actually increased square footages, but we've decreased our electrical consumptions and cost. That's amazing. Yeah. So we look at the most efficient equipment that we can put in a building. Uh We also have a control system at about 98% of our buildings. We should be about 100% here in the next two to three years uh, where we can schedule heating and air conditioning uh, and lighting. Uh-huh. different times of the day. So, of course, we do the normal school day. And then if somebody has a contract through facility use for a gymnasium or a cafeteria or a theater, mm-hmm. we can schedule just that one area after hours and not have to run the entire building. Okay. So, uh, and you're talking about a situation where maybe uh, a, a, a civic group rents out right. a, a portion of the school. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Well, that's that sounds brilliant, frankly. And in, uh, in this day and age of uh, the controls we have now uh, through the interwebs, as the kids say, um, you know that that just makes perfect sense. So you guys are cutting edge. We like to think we are. Yes, um, there's always room for improvement, and we look for that sure. improvement every year sure. uh, as we move forward. But uh, the heating and air technicians can tell you that their f- biggest tool in their toolbox is that control system. Uh. They can sit down and look at all 15, 16 of their schools in about a 15-minute period in the mornings before they leave. Uh-huh. They can tell by looking at that system where there's a problem at a school that's too hot, too cold, something's not functioning. Yeah. Actually, before the school and a staff member or a teacher even knows there's a problem. Isn't that called predictive maintenance? Yes, to a point. Yes, it is. Okay. So you may have a service truck out at a school principal says what are you doing here correct and, and yeah your, we didn't call your, that in your, your tech can say uh because you got a problem with your hvac right i'm sure the principals really appreciate that. they do we get a lot of good comments back from our principals about our service so um led lighting is a big thing nowadays are you guys uh, making use of that we are uh as we discussed we've got a program with georgia power right now uh they're going through and retrofitting all of our indoor Outdoor parking lot lights, building lights, everything at no cost to the district. Uh-huh. And then we whoa, paid. Whoa, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. At no cost to the district? At no cost to the district. So I'm always looking for that loophole. <laughs> <laughs> and when you say no cost to the district, uh, that's, that's no cost to the taxpayer, actually. That is correct. Okay, I just had to let that soak yeah. in because that's... Well, here's, here's how it works. The savings that we get uh-huh. by going LED campus-wide, right? and we're also doing the football field lighting on the high schools. Because really? those, those football fields are used for football, soccer, lacrosse, yeah. whatever. Um, there's a savings there. And we look at each individual site. If there's a savings, we do it. If there's not a savings, we're not going to do it. Oh, that makes sense. So um, after all is said and done... And the cost of the project at each site is paid for. Mm-hmm. We still have a savings as a district because we've reduced our kilowatt hour consumptions by going from fluorescent lighting to LED lighting across the campus. So why would Georgia Power be interested in helping us through all of that? I mean, I understand that they're, you know, the PR and such. They want mm-hmm. to be cost efficient, but they also want to sell electricity. Why are they helping? Well, your your energy providers, whether it's natural gas, electrical, whatever, um, if they don't have to generate power mm-hmm. because we've increased square footages or an area of the state has really increased in, in homeowners and construction and commercial industries, mm-hmm. it actually saves them money. Because once you set a demand, let's just take a high school, for example, mm-hmm. If you set a new demand for that high school, whether you ever use that much electricity again or not, they have to make sure they can supply that new demand. So if you can drop the demand levels and drop the consumption on these schools, uh-huh. then that's that much less power they have to generate so they don't have to spend infrastructure money to generate additional power. It's actually a savings to them also. So I'll, I'll do a quick translation then okay. if I can. <laughs> Correct me if I, I make it askew. So they're basically freeing up electricity that normally would have had to go to cop schools and they can move that electricity to other areas of the state that need that extra Correct. supply. Yeah. That's, that's cool. We that actually lower the, the demand mm-hmm. on the, the electrical grid yeah. through the state of Georgia. And it's one of the biggest, I'm sure, one of the biggest... Uh, 
customers they've got, yes, uh, they they really want to have an interest. Yeah. So that's that's amazing. Georgia Power has about 50-50 between Georgia Power and Cobb EMC in the district. That's incredible. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Okay, so as we're recording this, we're we're heading into the holiday season here, and uh, I've noticed that at least in my household, kids are starting to get sick, and and uh, it seems like uh, you know we're, we're getting notes from the schools every now and then saying, "Hey, be sure to wash your hands. Hey, be sure to keep your kid home when there's a fever, etc." Is this a problem season for you guys? Typically, anytime. There's flu season uh-huh. or anything like that, usually this time of year when the weather turns cold. Yeah, everybody starts uh, We do get a lot of requests from the schools to assist with uh, yeah, how, sanitizing certain areas of the building, if not the whole building. I was going to ask, how do you help with the sickness issue in the schools? We have uh, a lot of the elementary schools have these devices. We keep them with our indoor air quality guys on their trucks. Uh-huh. We have one in our office that we use from time to time. And uh, it's, a, it's like an empowered water type system. Okay. Uh, it's a fogger. You actually go in and fog uh, an area, a restroom, uh, classrooms, whatever the wherever the the, the need is, mm-hmm. and that fog settles on everything in the in the room: desktops, keyboards, carpet, doorknobs, the whole nine yards. Okay. It dries in about ninety seconds, and on contact, it kills ninety nine point nine percent of any germs or anything that's actually a living organism in that room. So this is not done while students are there. No. You can okay. move students out for about five minutes and move them right back in. Oh. There's no residue left when it's over with. You don't have to wipe anything down. It's clean as it can be. Wow. Okay. Well, that's uh, certainly encouraging to know because I've heard of all sorts of things uh, emerging in, in our uh, mm-hmm. schools, and you guys are on top of that. Yes, sir, we are. Wow. Okay. So one of the things with a school is the heating and air conditioning system that's constantly circulating uh, air mm-hmm. and is there anything that you guys are doing to keep to to contain sickness and uh, just to one classroom so it doesn't spread all over the the school? Uh, pretty much one classroom, one unit. We started going to that um, that type of system probably twenty years ago. Okay. So you don't have one unit serving 10, 12 classrooms. Okay. So anytime we build a new school or renovate a school, uh-huh. it's one air conditioning unit. Per classroom, so that's a design standard. Yes, it is. Okay. So we're wow. not we're not spreading anything coming out of that classroom. That's except, smart, right? So when the air goes through the filter, it's it's coming back into the same classroom, but you can minimize how much of that exposure happens within the classroom, right? Yes, the filtration system that we use it is a very high end filter, and it has an antimicrobial on it. So anytime air passes through a piece of HVC equipment back into the classroom, that filter more or less scrubs that air. Once it passes through that filter, it's dead on site. It does not get reinduced into the classroom. So it's a microbial... Microbial filter, yes. Okay. And those right. filters are changed every 14 weeks. Okay. District-wide. All right. Well, we've been listening to Mr. Gene Troll of our Maintenance and Operations Department. Gene, thank you so much for Thank you, David. Really Enjoyed appreciate it. that. Uh, you can learn more about the Cobb School District by visiting our website at www.cobbk12.org. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Inside Scoop, a podcast produced by the Cobb County School District.